It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome to what is going to be a a busy Wednesday uh, here on the uh, show. There's a lot of ground to uh, cover. A a huge win uh, on the uh, ice for Port here on Northern uh, last night. Uh, The boys' districts, the uh, first-round games, were played on uh, Monday, so it was a busy night. The girls are wrapping up the uh, regular season this year. We finally have a decision as to who's at the top for girls in, B- in BWAC play uh, and, and all that and more. And poor Yale is going to be like the fifth story today <laughs> just because of the timing of everything. Um, but, no, we're, I think we're going to dive into Northern's win. I'm going to um, – I'm glad that the district game was Monday and I've had about like 36 hours between the game and now to talk about it because I'm still angry about what I saw, but I'm not going to be as angry and I've had a little bit of time to cool down, (laughs) but it was still terrible what I saw. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll get into all of that uh, and we're going to start with hockey uh, today. Uh, Just two games to talk about, but one of them was a really big win by Northern. Spoiler alert. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We'll beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800-848-5150. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Home Style Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. 
Quality Computer Solutions is an all-inclusive IT managed services provider for large, medium, and small businesses. Let QCS become your business's IT help desk supporting desktops, laptops, phone systems, servers, backups, security, and more. You manage your business, we help you manage your technology. Already have an IT staff? QCS provides staff augmentation to help guide you through enterprise-level projects. Are you concerned about security? Is all of your data properly backed up and protected from cyber attacks and ransomware? Call Quality Computer Solutions at 888-956-6066 for a free on-site security assessment. 888-956-6066. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, you're back with Dennis and Brady, and uh, let's uh, get into it. Just going to jump back real quick to, to Monday. Um, Anchor Bay played in the regional semifinal in Division One over at Suburban. They lost in overtime to Dakota 2-1 to one in what sounds like it was a great hockey game. Uh, John Shikar actually gave the Tars a one nothing lead in the first. They held that. Uh, until uh, the uh, third period, and then Dakota tied it and finally won it in the overtime. I told you Luke Christensen is the best goalie I've seen this year. 41 saves in this game, Uh, and that's why I thought Anchor Bay was dangerous in that event, but Dakota was just – they they just kept coming, and uh, they end up winning that game. So at that point, Anchor Bay was out, Marysville was out, Legion was out, PH was out, and Northern was going to face Warren D. LaSalle the next day in the regional final. And I was thinking it might be time to uh, to uh, say goodbye to McMorrin and say goodbye to hockey uh, for the, uh, the season. Um, and that ended up not being the case. Northern and D. LaSalle uh, went to war. This felt like a playoff game pretty early on. Um, the shots on goal would make you think that there was a lot of flow and that it went up and down. That really wasn't the case. It was kind of a very choppy uh, game uh, for large stretches, which I think helped Northern a lot. Um, and the longer it stayed close, the more dangerous Northern became, and I think the more confident they became. When it was 0-0 going into the third that's when you really got the feeling that not just the Huskies, but the crowd, which it was a terrific crowd at the game last night, um, started to feel, we can do this. These guys are, these guys are good, but, but they're not better than us tonight. Right, and we, we've talked about how loud Nick Warren can get when there's a small crowd. When there's, a bit, when there's even an okay-sized crowd for what the building holds, that place gets loud, and apparently every single person from Northern was there. <laughs> Their student section was terrific last night, uh, too. Uh, even the guys that didn't dress that sit up top mm-hmm. uh, by me, and they're like two booths over. They right. sit in the long section. They were pounding the table. They were singing along with the crowd. Like, they were into it um, and and cheering guys on, and it, it was – it was one of those games where guys were selling out. They're blocking shots. They're doing what needed to be done, winning battles along the boards, getting, you know, a, a lot of times, especially in high school hockey, you get that puck 10 feet from the blue line and you can't get it that last 10 feet. Um, but Northern was getting it done last night uh, in the, uh, the third period of the game. So we're scoreless going into the third. The shots at that point were 24-22 De La Salle. They ended up being 40-32. to 32. For De La Salle. So a lot of shots, 
but I didn't think either goalie had to be spectacular. Mm-hmm. They just had to get in front of the puck and make the saves, and they were both doing it. Now, the guy that doesn't get any credit or any points on the first Northern goal is Tim Monahan, but he made the whole thing happen because, uh, and you've heard me say that it's one of my famous sayings, uh, good things happen when you go to the net. And he, on a two-on-one, he drove hard, and the De La Salle guy was back-checking like a mother, uh, and, and he kind of caught up to Monahan like right in the goal crease, and then it was all chaos. Smith threw the puck in front. At first, I thought maybe Monahan scored. Maybe it went in off of him. They announced Smith on the goal, so it, it hit the De La Salle player. But the reason the De La Salle player was there for the puck to hit him and go into the net is because Monahan drove to the net right. and forced him to come with him. Uh, and the poor goalie ended up in the net with two guys on top of him, but the puck was in. It was a good goal. And all of a sudden, 4-12 into the third, you're going – Oh, this might actually be happening, you know, and, and how, and you're thinking to yourself too, how often has De La Salle been in this situation where they're all of a sudden behind and you could kind of feel for a few minutes that they were kind of stunned. And then they really got stunned, uh, when uh, Northern flipped, just flipped the puck out cause they're playing it safe. They're circling the wagons. Um, they weren't laying back, but De La Salle kind of cranked it up. They shortened their bench, so their top two lines were just going out all the time, and you weren't seeing any of their other guys anymore. Their best players played the last 15 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just a little flip out by Kyron Bruno. Again, Nehemiah Barrett won a puck battle. Bruno flipped the puck out that last 10 feet. But it went to the other blue line, and the defenseman tried to catch it in his hand and set it down to play it. And it just tipped off the fingers of his gloves enough to where it got past him, but enough to where it just kind of stopped, where it was too far for the goalie to come out and get it, and just perfect for Ryland Chauvin to skate right by. He picked it up, walked right in on goal. And again, I don't think he got the shot away that he wanted to, but he got enough on it that he kind of tricked the goalie over the glove. Now it's 2 nothing Northern, and you're looking at the clock going 522, and they're up by 2. Are they going to really do this? Right. Um, with about four minutes to go is when De La Salle pulled the goalie. Which, by the way, I like that. I like the aggressive pull the goalie. If you lose 3 nothing or 2 nothing, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I- I'm with you on, on that, too. You've got you to gotta get two goals, so give yourself time to get two goals. If you wait to the last minute to pull them, you're not going to get two goals. Right. Um, and they were coming. They were coming in waves. They were attacking. Uh, Landon Baumgartner was making saves. The defense was blocking shots. Guys were clearing guys out. At one point, Baumgartner was down and out, and the net was empty, and I thought the guy was going to go around him and tap it in. And from out of nowhere, there was a Husky to knock the guy flat on his keister, and he never got a shot away, and they cleared it away from a wide-open net. There were a couple weird plays, too, where the puck – Popped up in the air, looked like it was going over the goalie and into the net, and guys batted the puck away from the net. One time, a De La Salle guy batted it away from the net and stopped his own team from scoring mm-hmm. the goal. And another time, it was a Husky, I think it was Barrett, that knocked it out of the air and away. So it was total, utter chaos. At times, it was kind of hard to describe. Plus, as we got close to pull this off, they're going to go to the quarterfinals. 
They had a couple of shots at the empty net, and again, just were torturing me by missing by a foot, couple of inches, just wide. Uh, it's just like go in and and finish this thing. Uh, and finally, the the pressure was a bit too much. De La Salle got a goal with 104 to go to break the shutout, and then you really get nervous again, right? Because now it's two to one, and you're like, oh, they've come this far, they've worked this hard. Don't De La Salle doesn't deserve it at this point, right? Don't don't let it happen. They got one more okay scoring chance though in the last 64 seconds. Otherwise, I thought Northern did a great job, kept them to the outside. All the shots were from the blue line. Most of them didn't get through. They finally chipped the puck out of the zone with five seconds left, and that's when I knew it was over because De La Salle had a lot of guys trapped. They had to get on side, but the kid dumped it in right away. Barrett just took it along the boards by the student section and pinned it up and let the clock tick out, which was a smart move. And I'm telling you, if there wasn't glass there, Brady, those kids would have swarmed onto the ice. They were going nuts, uh, and and Northern went nuts. When, when they won the game, I think that was the best part because they celebrated not like they won a regional championship, but what, like they won a state championship. Well, as uh, they should have. And, and, and I get it. Um, and, uh, and De La Salle was just in shock and then that might've been the best part about it. And you know, my feelings on this stuff, but that might've, I mean, their coach is like a 10 year NHL vet and their assistant coach is Danny DeKaiser. Right. So yeah, they're, they're not bringing kids in. They had, they had a kid play like seriously, the, the periods are 17 minutes long. The kid played 12 minutes in the third period. If he played one. He was out there all the time. He was huh? out there all the time, and you know why. Yeah. And he's the one that scored the goal finally. Right. You know, so at any rate, um, a, a really nice win for Northern. Got to tip my cap to uh, Louis Nolkowski and his staff and to the kids. And I, I said it on the air, probably the best game I've seen Landon Bumgartner play. Uh, and he's he's a junior, and he's been on the team since he was a freshman. Well, and the other thing you said to me when we were talking about this last night is – that Northern, when the when the going got tough, they toughened up and they got going. That they played a brand of hockey you hadn't seen them play a ton of the last few years. Yeah, you know, um, guys that you know don't always win puck battles were winning puck battles. Guys that don't always stick their nose into it stuck their nose into it, and the guys that do led the way by like Monahan and Chanel are guys that I love because you tell them you got to put your head through the end boards on this play and they'll go and do it and they don't care what the score is that's just how they play and last night Northern had you know 15 16 17 guys playing that way right um and the other thing that why this one means so much one it's De La Salle and and they had lost to them twice the first game they were okay, but they blew a two goal lead and lost at home five to two. Second game, from what everybody tells me, they got handled right. and lost six to one. Um, and De La Salle was one of the better teams in that league this year. You know they were seventeen and six or whatever they were coming into that game. Well, and you look back at the runs Northern had because they're not a stranger to the quarterfinal. However, a lot of the time. Their region wasn't always the toughest. Like, they would have to get through some MAC teams, and that was before MAC teams were what they are now. Like, they weren't as strong. Yeah, the MAC Red is a good 
league. Right but it now. hasn't always been that. No, way. it hasn't like, always. It been used that to way. be there was a couple decent teams in the MAC, and that was it. Those leagues, that league has gotten a lot better. But my point being is, they'd get to the quarterfinal, and then they a lot of times they lose to one of the big boys, Catholic Central, Brother Rice, or a De La Salle. But this time they got a big time win in a game no one gave them a shot to win, and that w- and there, and it wasn't fluky. Like when I when I was expecting to talk to you, I didn't know if you were going to say, "Oh, Bumgarner stood on his head." De La Salle rang eight posts. No, Northern went out there and just outplayed De La Salle and earned that regional championship. Yeah, uh, that that was a good hockey game. Both teams, you know. I, I can't say that De La Salle was, was awful. I mean, they, they had 40 shots. They had a lot of chances. Um, but Northern was just as good and a little bit better. Uh, they capitalized uh, on their, their breaks. Uh, and, again, uh, did, did Landon have to do the splits mm. on six three-on-ones and make spectacular gloves? Say- no, he just had to get in front of the puck, and then his defense cleared it away if he gave up a rebound. And – let me ask you this. Did playing at McMoran ha- have an effect in this game? I think so. I think it made a difference. I mean, if they're playing at uh, Suburban, the thing I the Suburban is a beautiful rink. But it, it it's a dud sound-wise. Hmm. Like it is not acoustically you can't hear the fans sometimes. Right. Like I don't know what it's like for the guys on the ice, but where you broadcast from at Suburban the fans are not a factor. I, I just can't hear them. They're behind. The, it's set up where the glass is really tall, and then there's the the netting. Like it's just hard for I think for the sound to get through. The fans probably hear themselves because it's probably bouncing off the glass back at them. Right. But you know, I I just at McMorrin, like, like you say, you can have twelve people at McMorrin. It could sound like the house is full, and there were a lot of people there last night. I mean, I think there was. Probably close to a thousand people there. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, credit to um, everyone, the ads that get their schools to host, because that can make a big difference. And that may have been a a, a little bit of an edge uh, Northern needed to knock off De La Salle and win their first regional title since uh, 2021. And, and what I really like about it is that the quarterfinal is only down in St. Clair Shores. Yeah. So it's it's not a, a horrible drive. And actually, uh, they find out who they play tonight because Brother Rice is, is hosting against White Lake Lakeland. Uh, and I, I don't know where, where they're from, where White Lake is exactly, but it's a farther drive to St. Clair Shores than it is for Northern. Uh, and even for Brother Rice, it's probably a farther drive for Rice to get there than it is for Northern. And I guess my thoughts with those two, yeah, Northern's probably the underdog again, but if they play like they did last night, why not win again? Yeah. So, And, and again, I don't know much about White Lake. They have a really good record. Um, they started 1-3, and three and then they just went on a ridiculous tear where they went like, 16-0-1 in a 17-game stretch or something just really stupid like that. Um, and they went 20-5 and five and whatever this year. Uh, and, you know, Brother Rice, the brand, they're one of those teams where the brand can kill you. But, you know, they were good. They were 15-10. and 10. They've played Northern one time. They won 5-3. to three. That was at Brother Rice. Yeah. So, so neutral ice, you, probably you, not you that far you off. You feel like... 
Like, I almost feel like I'd rather Brother Rice win so they can play what they know. Right. As opposed to a mystery. Um, but we'll see. So I, I, I'm not even positive Brother Rice is going to win the game. But if they do, I'm okay with it. I don't think either of these are going, all right, well, that was a great win, Northern. Enjoy it because you know what's coming up. I think they have they have as much of a chance as they wanted. Like I said, you have a chip in a chair. They flopped aces. Yeah, they, they did last night. So uh, that, that was a, a really good game. It was very exciting. It's the loudest I've gotten at a game in a little while. And, <laughs> and I've had some good games, you know, the Northern Lincoln basketball game. Right. I was pumped about uh, that to win. Um, and and there there have been others, you know, the football games when Elmont is deep in the playoffs first, and first guys play, are touchdown. breaking off sixty yard runs on the first play. You know, you get loud. I was loud last night. Like, I bet I wasn't audible on the goals. <laughs> and and at the end, I was I was kind of losing it. But take you back to some, you get into it some playoff hockey in McMorrin. Oh, something you really haven't but, gotten a but, chance to call. In but a lot of heartbreak. A, time. a lot of heartbreak in those games. So it was nice to have one. You know, go the way of the, the team. Hey, yeah. we were there for Northern. We weren't there for De La Salle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We had a big audience, and maybe we had some De La Salle listeners, but I think they understand. And wipe their tears with their money. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Congrats to Northern. And I want to thank them because that keeps our streak alive that every season we've had Get Stuck on Sports, we've had at least one quarterfinal game. Yeah, the, whether it's been football, whether it's been winter sports with basketball and, and hockey, or whether it's been uh, in the spring with baseball and softball. Seems like baseball and softball get us our most. Well, yeah, that's that's what our area is best at. But, hey, Northern keeps it alive, and why not keep winning? Yeah, why not? So, yeah, the uh, the final or the quarterfinal is Saturday night, 6 o'clock, St. Clair Shore Civic Arena, and we find out tonight who the opponent will be. All right, well, I'm very happy about that. And I needed that to make me happier because Monday I left my district games with a headache and just annoyed. You were a grumpy butt when I talked to you. On the I phone. was very annoyed because, you know, Dennis, districts are the biggest game of the year for everyone. So you expect everyone to be on their game. And it just wasn't the case. I don't I don't think it affected the outcome of the game. Um, but we'll, we'll get into it, but yeah, I was not happy Monday night. All right, let's take a break first, and then we'll start in with uh, Monday night's boys district basketball games because there were a few of them, and, and we actually saw half of what was played. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. 
Preferred seamless gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, high school boys basketball district playoffs started on uh, Monday. I was out at Anchor Bay. Uh, Brady, you were at Armada. Where do you want to go and begin? Um, let's start with mine. Uh, let's start with the first game, Algonac and Marine City. And this one, um, well, it was a close game. It was not the most well-played game, but it was a chance for two of these teams to, well, get a uh, positive spin on what has been a not great season. I mean, Algonac was 0-21, Marine City 3-19. A postseason win can, you know, take the sting off a bad season like that and at least give you something to look forward to. For Marine City, I actually think um, they had won a playoff game in at least two straight seasons. So that's probably not something you'd expect from the Mariners, but they've actually had some Yeah, now when you look over their overall records. In in the postseason. Um, And this one started off... A uh, really low scoring. Neither side could really figure it out. At the half, it's 19-17. Um, and both sides are just not making a ton of shots. Algonac's bombing threes. They just couldn't hit anything. Um, and Marine City has the two-point lead. I believe they got it up to 11 at one point in the second half. And then some of the threes for Algonac started to go in. Uh, it was Trevor Schaffer that had 
<clears throat> excuse me, had three makes from three. Landon Wagner was getting inside and making a difference in the second half. Bryce Simpson was the one that they gave it to to kind of control the play. Jaden Bakun off the bench was being a, a piece for Algonac. And for Marine City, uh, Danny Vandeviver was handling his business. Liam Adams was using his length inside. And it was back and forth. It was tied at 45 at the end of the game. And Vandeviver was at the line and missed both his free throws. Then I believe Algonac got the rebound, didn't do anything with it. Adams ended up with it for Marine City. He was fouled, hit both free throws. The prayer from Algonac wasn't answered. And it was a 47-45 win for Marine City. In what was a very close game and a hard-fought game, uh, I don't think the kids were particularly fond of each other out there. There did not seem to be a lot of love loss between Marine City and Algonac. I think we forget how close those two schools actually are to each other. Yes. I mean, they're basically as close as Marine City is to St. Clair. Yeah, you ju- you're just driving out different ends of town to, to get there. <laughs> right, and Marine City gets the win, which, I again, I believe it's their third straight year, at least with a postseason win. Which That I feels mean, right year, to me. Last year they beat uh, Algonac in the first round. This year they beat Algonac. Two years ago, I believe they beat Marysville in the opening round. They did. So Marine City has actually had a pretty decent track record of success early in the district tournament. Actually make it four years in a row because they beat Richmond um, way back in, in the COVID year. I f- I'd forgotten about that. They all, and they should have beat Lutheran North to make the finals. Uh, so they have won a district game in the last four years. They like uh, they like they get stuck on sports is around doing that uh, district. Apparently, we we didn't do the one in twenty because they were like down south. They kind of got taken where the girls were this year. But anyway, I digress. Um, so Marine City moves on to play Richmond. Now. That game was not a well-officiated game by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I think I said to someone after that game, wow, that was one of the worst called games I have seen all year. Little did I know (laughs) that that mark would stand for about the 15 minutes it took for Marysville and Armada to warm up. Um, I'm going to talk about this before I get into the game. Because there were a lot of positives to take out of the game. Mainly Makai Radford-Donawa, who finally did what I was hoping he could do at the start of the year and had a a superstar-like performance. But whatever the method is that the state uses to determine officials for districts has to change. Dennis, how many basketball games do you think we've seen individually this year? 80? Probably. Some with 75? A lot. So it's a problem when I have seen more basketball games than probably most people in the state have. And the two worst games I the games I notice the officials the most are the districts. These are the games where you're supposed to be at your best, where the players are supposed to be at their best, the coaches are supposed to be at their best. Heck, we're supposed to be at our best. Because it's the end of the season, it's the biggest time, and I can tell you from experience, you have that those butterflies in your stomach. You know a couple bad minutes can end what has been four months of work, and the, the, the method they use, the how they 
pair up crews, but they're not really crews. It's groups of three, and you can just decide to go with other officials that the bottom of the barrel has no chemistry and is the last picks at recess because <laughs> it it was bad. Because I, th- I know the crew you're going to have tonight at Northern. It's a good crew. The problem is... All the best officials go, I want to work with the other good official, and you'll either have a really, really, really well-officiated game or whatever the hell I saw at Armada on Monday night. This was a game that had uh, one of your favorites that anytime there was a call that had even an ounce of thought to it, oh, got to go to the scorer's table, scorer's table's confused, oh, officials have to meet. It was the longest game I've done all year, and there was probably legitimately five to ten minutes of just officials talking. And about things that dummy me up in the rafters knew what the call should be right away. Simple stuff. Not complicated things. Uh, It was, I mean, there were missed calls. There was a spot where Makai took a shot fake. Armada Kid jumped in the air. So he went to dribble to the hoop, and the Armada kid landed on his back. And there's no whistle. Things like that. And, again, you know that we are usually a group that will not make officials a focal point of the game. That will not let that be an excuse. And And honestly, when it comes down to it, I don't know if it changes the outcome when we talk about the actual game. But there have been times this year where there have been coaches that have talked to me and, you know, they want to – they're upset at the officials and you kind of go, well, yeah, but A, B, and C are reasons why they shouldn't have mattered. So you know when I'm coming on here and saying that it played a huge part and it was a big factor in this game, that it was a big factor. That for the first quarter, Armada got no calls. And then in the second quarter, Marysville got no calls. And that, it, Dennis, it legitimately felt like anytime there was something that could warrant a whistle, they rolled a dice and saw what it come up with or asked a magic eight ball, <laughs> and that determined the call. It was beyond reproach. I have, And it got worse as the game went on, and there was confusion and I don't think the scorer's table helped because they kept buzzing over and they tried to get involved in everything. And it was, I I legitimately left the game with a headache. It was that bad. And again, if it's week one of the season, if we're doing it on December 4th and there's a really bad game officiated, okay, hey, I get it. We're getting back into the flow of things. You're you're starting to get used to it. Usually our first broadcasts of a new sports season are way worse than they are by the end of the season. You're getting used to the flow of everything. I understand that. But Dennis, if I was as bad as these officials were, I'd have been calling midcourt the red line. <laughs> don't you? No, I don't. Isn't that what it is? If if we would have been as... In hockey, it's the timeline. <laughs> If we would have been as bad as those officials were on Monday night, we would not have made it through a calendar year. And again, if this happens in a non-conference regular season game, okay, whatever, you're pissed for a few hours, and then you go to bed, wake up, all right, who cares? 
Richmond loses to Port here on high because of some bad officiating, whatever. It doesn't all affects your NPR a little bit. But these are the biggest game. This will end some kids' careers. You have to be on the best, and it just wasn't. And again, I can I ask was my favorite there? No. Okay. No. All right. They weren't there. But it's just this mismatch of two officials I've seen before, never have seen them together. Then a third person who I've never seen, but and, and here was the thing where it really pissed me off is they were doing terrible. And then one of them tries to lecture the coaches. Like at the end of the first, Eric Schunk is saying, oh, no, like there's a ball that clearly tipped off an Armada player. They point that it's uh, Armada basketball. And Schunk go, and it was me to you away from Schunk. He goes, that tipped off him. And he's going, I want the ball. And so the official gets offended that he was questioning the call. Then the other official comes for one of their 42 meetings of the night and they go, okay, yes. And then he turns and I kid you not is like finger pointing and wagging at it at Shunk. And, and I think I said on the air, I said, if I was having the type of night he's having, I wouldn't be lecturing anybody. <laughs> it was terrible. And I get there's an official shortage. And again, more often than not, Hey, officials are human. Officials will make mistakes, but for a district game, that's when you have to be on your best, and it's a shame that they were on their worst for this one, that it was headache-inducing, that it was, again, it felt random at times what calls were. I think there were there were times where they could have called travel all the time. They never did. They had zero chemistry with each other, and it was just... It was frustrating, and there were times I had to bite my lip, but it was unbelievable. On to the actual game. <laughs> Marysville started off this game on an 18-0 run. Wow. And, yeah. So Marysville came out firing. Do you know Marysville had not won a district game since 2017? Wow, and they had like good teams there. It of course, was, uh, that COVID the, they got right decimated. Yeah, they had that their team, JV team would have won yeah, probably would have won, won a won district couple game. Games. Um, but they had not won a district game since the 2017 team that had like Ross Hinckley and Dylan Kiger that was like 17 and three or something like that. So it had been a long time. Um, they start off on an 18-0 run, and that's part of the reason why I don't think Armada can complain too much um, that it would have affected it. But Armada made it a four-point game by halftime, 27-23. And Makai started to go off. He he had a fantastic first half. And um, after that, it was still Makai. It was all Makai for Marysville. Dennis, in this game, he had five and ones. You know, he did that a lot, and I think it started for him in the Northern game because he really, like, elevated. He, he, like, he didn't want to get shown up by the Northern guys, and he had a 22-point uh, game, and, and he had a couple of and-one chances there. The difference was, as it sounds like in this game, he was making the free throw because he oh, missed yeah. a lot of free throws. Or, cause he had 22 against Northern and probably should have had 30. He had 15 made free throws in this one. Wow. And he and he, that's getting to the line a lot. And he probably missed 
seven or eight because by the end there was a streak where he missed like four in a row. And I just said on the air, I'm like, I'm not going to blame this kid for missing free throws. He's dog-ass tired. He's carrying his team to a postseason win. And, yeah, if he misses a few free throws in a row, I, I can reconcile that fact. But T.J. Seiler for Armada was trying to keep them in the game. He had 19. It was back and forth. But at the end, Marysville did something that I hadn't seen them do a whole lot. They shut the door on the team. Armada got it to three twice in this game. And both times, Marysville immediately put distance between the two. And it was really Makai. He used essentially the same move every time to get to the rack against Armada. And if it's not broke, Don't why, it. Yeah, yeah. why change it up? We saw three years of Tyler Jamison use the same move to get to the hoop, and no one stopped him, so he just kept doing the same move. So if you're Makai, keep going to the right side and getting in there and get a step on a guy and get the layup to go. So Marysville gets the win, 69-58. There was a lot of frustrated Armada fans. I think there was a lot of frustrated Marysville fans too because they were equally opportunistic, equal opportunity bad in this one. Um Again, the first half, I don't think Armada could buy a call. Even some of the uh, other Armada staff and former coaches were in the little corner where they all sit. They were getting fired up because (laughs) that's how bad it was. Now, the good news is, Dennis, that Cruz can only work one day of a district uh, in in a district. Which makes me sad because I had good Cruz on uh, Monday night at Anchor Bay. So I know you'll get a good crew tonight because I had one of them last night and you'll, you'll get a good one tonight for Northern and Dakota, which thank God, because if this crew would have gone there, they would not have been able to keep up. <laughs> so Marysville gets the win. Makai ends up with 39 points for Marysville, yeah. which is like six shy of the school record I think I think that's what Marco got to I think he finished with 45 but to do this in a playoff game to do this when the chips were down that's a hell of a performance uh this is what I was hoping I'd see a little more from him this year but no better time than the district for him to pull this off and I'm I'm glad to see him starting to emerge as the dude for Marysville because that was as impressive of a postseason performance. Last year, I saw Braylon Franz really blossom into what he's been this year against Armada. That was in a loss, but Makai does this in a win. He has 39. Cole Horan added 12, just hit a couple threes, made shots when he needed to. Um, For Armada, Seiler had 19. Landon Hill and Drew Keating uh, had, uh, excuse me, 10 for Hill, 12 for Keating. And Marysville snaps a six-game losing streak in the postseason, and they'll get a shot at St. Clair tonight. Yeah, uh, again, without giving too much uh, of your thoughts away here, what do you think about these matchups? Um, Obviously, Richmond's a favorite against Marine City, um, but Marysville's beaten St. Clair once this year. They probably are the underdog, but they probably come into the game not feeling like the underdog? They're gonna, I think they'd go in with a chip on their shoulder, that they have a lot to prove. Um, now the question is, was the because la- it was the last time they played that they beat St. Clair. Did they figure out a blueprint for what they need to do, or was that the mirage and, and 
St. Clair's going to figure it out and, and take it to Marysville. I'm, I'm going to be very curious. I'm going to assume that Matt Distelrath is going to throw the kitchen sink at Makai and say someone else is beating us. Funny, because Eric Shunk's probably going to say, we're throwing the kitchen sink at Braylon Franz. Someone else is going to beat us. So in this game, I have a feeling it's not going to be Makai or Braylon that's the difference. It's probably going to be a guy like Jack Howell or a guy like Cooper Smith or someone like that that can give 10 points that maybe isn't the, one of the first two options that can make a difference. Maybe Drew McCartney off the bench for St. Clair. Maybe someone like Jake Dysinger gets hot again, but it, I have to imagine they're going to no-catch him um, when he's on the floor because he didn't have a great day shooting threes, but I'm not going to take my chances with him. It's going to be one of those role players that's going to be the difference whose secondary scoring can step up more uh, for Marysville or St. Clair. All right. Uh, I was at uh, Anchor Bay. And uh, the first game was a little bit disappointing. But what happened here was really for the first time this season that I've been at a Red Hawk game, the fact that they don't have a guy like Dwayne L. Benjamin stood out like a sore thumb. Because Dakota's beatable if you've got some guys that can, can help you in the paint. PH got killed by the basket. They couldn't get an offensive rebound, and they couldn't stop Dakota's bigs. And you know Dakota, they've got two, three, sometimes four big guys on their teams. Right. And they're usually good. Um, Trent Moran scored 22. Jason Barra scored 22. Uh, and early in the game, Braden Lee was actually the guy that got him going down in the post. Uh, he had seven points. But when you look at the, the, the starting lineups, the score was 56-48 to 48 Dakota. The bench, Dakota got 18 points from their bench. PH got two points Ooh. from the bench in this game. Dakota had nine different kids score in this game. Um, so they had depth. They had plays from the big guys, and they killed PH on the offensive glass. Um, and, and PH couldn't stop the bigs. And then Dakota sprinkled in some threes. And here's the thing. They made six three-pointers. Nobody had more than one. So six different kids knocked down a three-point shot in the game. They, they just, ah, and I hate them. I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. They were 10 and 12. PH was 14 and 9. This was supposed Granted, to be our, in the our Mac chance. Red to the max. So that's a big I, gap. And I and I get that, but like they just don't look as intimidating as other Dakota teams. And they kind of went out and kicked PH's butt. So, and this was never really a basketball game. All right, let's uh let me give you the silver lining because this might be an opportunity for Northern to have the best forty eight hours in sports they've had in a long time. Beat De La Salle in hockey, beat Dakota in basketball. Now, that'd be pretty fun. It'd make me pretty happy. Like, uh, I I was pretty ecstatic after last night's hockey game. I'd be really ecstatic. Like, I, I it's it's starting to, to just annoy me. And, and this is a compliment to Dakota. Me being annoyed about them and <laughs> wanting to beat them so bad 
is a compliment that they're so good and they have so much success. And I don't know what Paul Toko does, but they never lose this damn district. They never <laughs> lose it. Uh, unless Lance Cruz North, and Lance Cruz North has a good team this year, so they're probably the favorite. But if it's Lance Cruz North and Dakota on Friday, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, and Northern, it's a different type of annoyed than you get with a De La Salle or a St. Yeah, like, like Northern, please let this be the year. I thought last year was going to be it. They better put everybody in a bubble and kept them away from anything that could get them sick, anything that could get them hurt, anything. Like guys should have been wearing football pads during practice this week. And, and everything. If I show up at Anchor Bay tonight and find out that three guys are out because of this <laughs> and two guys got this happen, I'm going to lose my mind. Positive vibes. It's Northern Week. It's the week of the Husky, baby. I hope so. You know, Garrett James did what he could uh, and scored 17, and he knocked down um, three three-pointers and tried to get them back in the game. But they just had a brutal start. They were down 23-10 after one. They trailed by 10 at the half. I thought the second quarter was PH's best quarter, but they couldn't maintain it. They got killed in the third, 25-11. to 11. Uh, And then the fourth quarter was kind of garbage time all quarter long. You know, and it ended up 16-16. But I didn't expect PH to give up 74 points in this game. And if they were giving up 74, I expected them to score more than 50. Gotcha. Um, a disappointing result just because MLA City had such a good season, not because they lost to a bad team. 54-49, Kersley beats MLA City. Uh, Kersley started this game out on a 10-0 run, and MLA City just didn't hit shots that they'd been hitting down the stretch in the BWAC to win the BWAC title. So Kersley knocks off MLA City. It's a shame because they had such a good season. But we knew this was a possibility, and they had a tough draw. Now Kersley will take on Yale, and it should be a good one out in Kersley uh, and cross Lexington North Branch, the other game in that district. And the question is, uh, because I thought Croslex, you know, a healthy Croslex team gets to the finals here, but an unhealthy Croslex team. North Branch is... Uh, they beat an unhealthy Croslex team already this year. Yeah, and and, and so I'm, this is a tough one because I, I really feel like if you've got Espinosa and, and all your guys, this is a no-brainer. Croslex is going to play the Yale-Kersley winner in, in the finals. Um, and like if yeah, I like Yale's chances in this game, and I think that if they win tonight... They're probably going to win this district. They would be the favorite. I mean, I hate to uh, to do that because when you did it earlier, it affected things. <laughs> yes, it so did. I don't want to affect things, but uh, um, it, is it is it the de facto championship game tonight on the one side of the bracket? Almont season comes to an end. They lose to Lake Fenton seventy two fifty seven. We knew Almont was in for a tough one, and they lose right out the gate. Uh, Brown City beats Landmark 77-32. And CPS over North Huron in OT 56-53. CPS gets the playoff win. CPS. CPS. Also at uh, Anchor Bay. Anchor Bay lost 59-54 to Lance Cruz. That was actually a really good basketball uh, game. Uh, And Simon Stockwell opened my eyes. He had 22 for the Tars. Carson Thomas. Carson with a K. 15. And uh, Connor Young had 11 
uh, and I had not seen them play, but those three guys can play. Do you want to? Ha- this has nothing to do with basketball, but do you want some news that would make you very happy? Uh, what's that? Look at, look what uh, that is going up. A press box? At oh, Cro- is that at Armada? At Cross Lex. Oh, at Cross Lex. Yes. Wow. Yeah. We've been being told. We've been told there's a new press box going in for like three years now, and we have proof that it's going in. And as much as we like Eddie Fury, we don't have to do a game shoulder to shoulder with him anymore. Well, you know, when I'm there, uh, and Eddie's a great guy. I love Eddie. Um, he's been going out on the hill and setting up a table and doing yeah. it outside as long as the weather's nice. Yeah, so he doesn't have to do it outside Because he's anymore. as tired of dealing with me as, as we are with him. All right, Armada, you're up next. You've been telling me you're getting a new press box for next season. Yes. And Please. then I think at that point. Because every time we do a big Armada game, the weather is crappy every time. We never get sunshine in Armada. It's always sunny in Marysville, but we never get sunshine in Armada. <laughs> and I think, all right, if Armada gets it, then the next thing, then the only one that could use a little upgrade would be Richmond. They just need a little bigger, or at least put a roof up top, make it two stories. Okay. Yeah, I could live that's that. the only other spot we'd have to be outside. But I just saw that. I knew that would make you happy. Thank you, Croslex. Finally. Um, yeah, it's uh we get we get we get a real press box there and not some sniper tower. Yeah. So uh and and just uh to wrap up uh with the boys, three games tonight. Uh I'll be at the first game at Anchor Bay. I'm not gonna do the second one. We don't care about Lance Cruz, Lance Cruz North. Just being honest. Um but Dakota Northern. 5.30 tip. Come on, Northern. Come on, baby. Have you wanted a game as bad as you've wanted this one? Like, what was the last time you've wanted Last one? year when they played in the final? <laughs> because usually I'm the one that's like, come on. you got to get this one. I'm all behind you. This time it's you going all for Northern. I'm just like, it, it's time. It's time to pass the torch. And for somebody not named Dakota or Lance Cruz North to win this district. And Northern's good enough to do it. They were good enough to do it last year. They're good enough to do it this year. And and let's get this done. All right. Well. And it starts by knocking these guys out. Indeed. By the way, Mooney plays Parkway Christian tonight as well. Yeah. We uh, haven't mentioned them. No, we, we haven't. And uh, I also wanted to mention that you'll be back in Armada for two games. Yep. Um, uh, the Richmond game is the first one. Yes. Uh, so Richmond Marine City, and I then believe, unless they switched it because our mate is not in it. But I don't know. And then uh, the Marysville St. Clair game again um, is suddenly a very intriguing game. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, and through all that. Yale won an outright BWAC title in yeah. girls. And, and we'll talk about uh, the ladies in just a moment. Got to take a quick break first. Upgrade your business with Quality Computer Solutions, your all-in-one IT managed services provider. QCS becomes your IT help desk managing desktops, laptops, servers, phone systems, and more. You manage your business, we handle your technology seamlessly. Already have an IT staff? QCS provides expert staff augmentation for enterprise-level projects. Worried about security? Ensure your data safety with QCS. Call now for a free on-site security assessment or visit us at our website at qcsph.com. Again, that's QCS. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. 
It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Francic Water Conditioning and Kinetico. Call us at 800-848-5150. This is McKenna Kitely from Port Huron Northern at Port Huron Schools. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know that I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the court. I also know that they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We'll beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. Let me tell you about my friend Scott down at Miller Maytag. He knows quality appliances and how to help make your home run as smoothly as possible. Let the appliance experts at Miller Maytag help you pick the best American-made products from Maytag, KitchenAid, Whirlpool, and more. Freestanding double ovens will change your kitchen setup forever. Their high-efficiency front and top-load washers will save you money and do your laundry in half the time. Stop in today a quarter mile south of McLaren Hospital on Pine Grove. Miller Maytag is a proud supporter of local high school athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Excuse me. Diabetic is eating. <laughs> Enjoying the crackers. Low blood sugar because you got my got me all fired up and going out of my mind there. The Northern got you all fired up. <laughs> you gotta um, love the conversation in the uh, break about ranking uh, BWAC press boxes because Cross Lex is finally getting a new one. Uh, um, much anyway. needed. And happy birthday, Bill Warren, yeah. since hockey was on the uh, tip of our mind too. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, nice setup at MLA City. Uh, they always give us have great hospitality there for us. Um, and they were hosting Yale in girls basketball action. It's very simple. Yale wins 13-1 and outright BWAC champs. MLA City wins. They share with Armada. And because Armada played at Richmond and Richmond doesn't have a freshman level, they played at six. So by the time the game tipped, Armada had won the game there. And it was no doubt about it that... Yale had to win for an outright BWAC title, and MLA City played the exact same style of game <laughs> they played against Armada. First quarter was 6-4, to four, wow. and it was very deliberate in that fact. 
Um, there weren't a ton of shots. They were just kind of MLA City. They don't stall. They are just very deliberate because it's a smart plan. Coach Bova knows that if they want to run up and down and trade chances, that Yale has more scorers and they won't win a race to 50. So they're going to have to shut it down with defense and MLA City runs their zone really well. Uh, Yale got it going a bit in the second quarter. They outscored MLA City 11-2. to So it's 15-8 to at halftime. And Yale scoring 15 and a half, that's not a bad number for for MLA City to give up. If you tell them, hey, Yale scoring 15 and a half, you're going to take it. The problem is they had only scored eight, so they needed to figure it out offensively. The third quarter, again, was a six to five quarter for MLA City. Uh, Sadie Dykstra was doing the bulk of the scoring for Yale throughout, but when there's 20 points, she has 10. It doesn't seem like a ton, but it's half her team's points. Yeah. Um, MLA City was, I mean, Alexis Bruyere was, had a couple buckets. Defensively, Sadie Dykstra was guarding Lexa Forty, and it was like a, a prom date. They were not, she was not letting them get out of arm's reach. Forty was trying what she could, but essentially uh, Yale said, all right, Sadie, you take 40, and we will go four on four with the rest and we'll take our chances. And it worked for a while, but in the second or in the fourth quarter rather, Emily said he started to hit some shots. Bree Hund hit a three. She she started going off in the fourth quarter, finding ways to get to the basket. Emily City got it to a two-point game. Yale missed some three throws down the stretch. Uh they had a look at the end for a three, but then couldn't hit it. Yale gets a rebound, fouled, and Sadie Dykstra, who actually had a pretty off night at the free throw line, I think she ended up around like 5 of 12, mm-hmm. hit the two when they mattered the most, when they were up two with at the line to ice it with six seconds to go, and she needed to hit both because Bruyere hit a three right before the buzzer to make it a one-point game, but at that point, it, there was no chance for MLA City to get the game back, and Yale wins 30-29, to MLA City did what they needed to do defensively. They just missed a couple shots they made against Armada, and Yale celebrated the outright BWAC championships, and good for them because they went through the gauntlet at the end. I think you alluded to it on Monday where they had to beat Crosslex twice. They had to beat Armada, and they had to beat MLA City, and they got through that unscathed. Yeah, that's that's a tough stretch. Those are four tough teams. Um, and I say four because they had to win back-to-backs with Crosslex. Right. Um, so uh, they earned the title. And in the end, because there, there was some question throughout the season, who really is the best team? Because it really is splitting hairs to me right now between Yale and Armada. But Yale can say, we're the best team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, won, we won the league. And I'll tell you what, Armada didn't mess around. They won sixty to thirty-two. They they didn't. They weren't going to play with Richmond. They were just going to. We're going to win the game, and we're going to put the pressure on Yale. And at least Yale has a little bit of time. This was on a Tuesday. They don't play their district game till next Wednesday. To hey, they can celebrate. They can be all happy at practice and at school today. Because unlike Emily City, who had like 
two days before their next game. They have a week, so they can celebrate. I think they play at Northern tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think I actually might be at that yeah, game. Yeah, you're at I'm, that I'm game. I'm so focused on the district. I didn't even <laughs> thought about Thursday. Um, but they're at, they, they can celebrate it. They can enjoy it. And, hey, come Friday after they play Northern, then they can start to focus in on, all right, we're probably playing Cross-Lex again, have to beat them for a third straight time. But they could get the rubber match with Armada. Yeah, that can happen. That could be the district final, and boy, wouldn't that be fun. That would be an interesting game. I will. I, I would like to see that uh, actually happen because that would be a really fun uh, third matchup because at, at Armada, Armada crushed them. Mm-hmm. At Yale, uh, Yale did a, a great job and, and got the win. It, it was a tighter ball game, but they, they handled the situation. And then the third matchup would be on a neutral site. Right. So uh, I, I would be fine with that. Um, other BWAC uh, game, North Branch beat Elmont 33-17. to uh, In the MAC, PH beat Southlake 52-46. to So there's the Lady Redhawks again going back and forth. That's a nice win. That's a nice win. Uh, Anchor Bay over Marysville 53-32. In this game, Avery Walter set a new school record. Okay. Did you see this? No. Do you know what school record she set? You assume rebounds? No, points. Steals. Steals. In season. Oh, okay. One hundred and nineteen steals this season. Wow, that's a lot. That's a ton. <laughs> and, and, that's and, a and, lot. And, and you lot. know, you know, when I I think of something like that, I think of like Megan Winston. Right. Um. There there have been others like Kane, like the quick kids mm-hmm. with good hands. Um. But uh, yeah. A- a- Avery has become an all-around just star. She's a star. Yeah. She's uh, a star. Unfortunately, it was in a 21-point loss to Anchor Bay, but Dennis, you know this Anchor Bay team's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, she could hit, like, 20 home runs in softball this year. <laughs> she could be up there with, like, Kenneba Marito you're ho- and, you're hoping and for Ella her. Stevenson kind of numbers. Well, that, that would be a lot of fun. She still has some damage to do on the basketball yeah. court. Yeah. And and they need so, to figure something out because I and I realize they're playing really good teams, but you're losing by by twenty points right. to Cousin Owen, twenty points to Anchor Bay, and I know Anchor Bay is good, and they almost won the MAC tournament. They lost by two points to a really good Gross Point North team, right? But Gross Point North is another team that beat Marysville this year, right? And and kind of handled them. Well, good news. They got to figure it out. Those three teams you mentioned. They can't see him in the playoffs. Yeah, at but any time. but you still you, you've got to figure it out because well, we're we're jealous or not jealous. We're we're just used to and we're spoiled. Right. We're spoiled rotten of how good they've been in recent years. Uh, speaking of figuring it out, does Saint Clair just kick ass now? Like I know Lance Cruz North has not been good, but they're a Mac Red team. They should not be losing to Saint Clair fifty-five to fifteen. Sure they should, because St. Clair's playing good now. And St. Clair is deep. Like, again, we talk about it. They don't have that one superstar player or that one-two punch or whatever, but they're seven, eight, nine kids deep, and on any night, somebody can, you know, well, get, night, get points for them, but, but they they also get contributions pretty much down the line. It was Furlan with 12, Schindler with 11, and then Kamarowski with nine. That's yeah. And and the game before it was everyone Cole with ten. and pickle hopped and 
you know, and, and again, the game before that, it's, you know, these three girls do really, you know, so they, they kind of spread the wealth. Uh, and, and we've kind of been hinting all along that if Audrey Schindler figures it out around the, the basket, so she's really tough. Who's the favorite next Monday in St. Clair between Marysville and St. Clair? Because for most of the season, it would have been Marysville. And again, they're playing really tough teams. They're not losing to Little Sisters of the Poor. But St. Clair is playing out of their mind right now. They'll get one more game against North Branch, but St. Clair is probably the most improved team in the area. They're certainly maybe playing some of the most consistent basketball right now. Just just a thought, because it is as we get closer to the districts, I become less confident in who I think is going to win what game. Uh, you mentioned North Branch over Almont. Sandusky beat Cass City 39-14. Yeah, I, got, uh, I wanted to mention uh, this is the 20th win for uh, the Lady Wolves uh, on the season, so another 20-win season for Al. Uh, they, they stifle another team. Gibord had 12, and uh, Caroline Rinke, who I believe is a freshman, and she's having a great year this year, six points, seven rebounds, four assists, five steals, Almost and, a five by five, oh, and, no, and probably worked a shift at the local store afterwards. Pop, yeah, pop the popcorn in the concession stand. <laughs> uh, Care over Memphis forty-seven twenty-seven. Mooney Boo. got a forfeit win over K-Pack. Uh, Bad Axe forty-one. Marlette thirty-seven. Harbor Beach whoops Vassar fifty-four eighteen. And Austin Catholic thirty-nine. Landmark thirty. And I think we're finally done with all the scores from around the area. One uh, girls game on Monday. North Huron oh, beat CPS thirty six twenty four. It's it's hidden down there because yes. there was just so much boys basketball. My apologies. Monday. No, that's fine. So again tonight, um, this time I actually think Joe Cook's going to be out with me for at least the second game um, out in Armada. I believe it is Marine City and Richmond first. Let me double check that. Really I think Joe just good. knew that the the officiating was going to upset you and that it was a better night to stay away. I I was not happy. I was not happy at all. Um, God, that was so bad. I had good officiating. I, I saw Mr. McAndrews, Mr. Smith did my game. I didn't know the third guy, but he was really good. Well, I'm, I'm good. I'm just kind of rubbing it in right now. I mean, I hope, uh, <laughs> yeah, first game is Richmond Marine City at 530, and then whenever after it uh, will be St. Clair Marysville. If it's a quick game, it'll be right about 7. If not, it'll be... 7.15-ish, 7.30. You're, yeah. you're already at the spot. You still have to refresh the page. It takes me about a minute or two to stop the stream and restart it, depending on how the computer works. <laughs> Mine's been going slow. Mine, mine went slow the other day. But as long as everything goes well, we'll have those two games for you, and we'll have no, – I'm going to put it out there, Northern beating Dakota. We're going to speak it into uh, existence. I hope so. I hope you didn't just ruin uh, how it for about me because I want this Northern bad. 72, Dakota 60. I'll take that. I'll take Northern. Are you 4-3? Northern 100 and – or what was the score last night? There was a, a misprinted score. 254 <laughs> to, to nothing. nothing. Yeah. That was printed on the state website last night for a basketball game up in Saginaw. Yeah, for like a non-MHSAA <laughs> team weird thing. We found out that that wasn't the actual score, that somebody typed it in wrong, but – Anyway, it was cool to look at to see boys basketball, 254 to nothing. We, we've blabbled on <laughs> long enough. Uh, 
we'll be talking about the district finals on Friday, and then yeah, there's some a few girls games to wrap up the regular season on Thursday. Yes. Uh, all right. So uh, I guess that's the show. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.